Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Breaking news, WABC. Well, there's a big wow today. After four years, after four years, Durham, uh, the U.S. attorney that was specially appointed to investigate what the heck is going on in our justice system, four years, he finally comes up with a 300-page report, 350 pages, whatever. 306 pages. Yeah. And, 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 and it verifies a lot of the stuff that we've been saying, that there was politics at the FBI and, and, and DOJ. And, 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 you know, the, the, the thing is... It's, it's going to be on page 38 of the newspaper. Yeah, I think it's up to us in the media to keep the issue out there. I live with this. I was on the Intelligence Committee during this entire investigation. Yeah, that's right, Peter King. Tell that's us Congressman yep. Peter King and Ju- uh, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, both in the studio, along with Rita Cosby. And we're here to tell you the truth, and this is the 5 o'clock show. The, I'm not, I don't want to say the only show that tells you the truth, but one of the important shows that tells you the truth what the heck is going on we don't hide the in stories. our country. We, we don't, don't hide, hide anything. Stories. Yeah, we don't bury it. Uh, I'm glad the New York Post, I'm sure, will cover it. But Pete, you lived through this. Yeah, I was on the Intelligence Committee during all of this. I never saw such a uh, violation of basic rights. Uh, there was never anything to this. I mean, I would sit there. There was nothing. You had John Brennan come in. You had James Comey come in. You had all these different witnesses. And I saw the way they were browbeating Don, uh, uh, Don Trump Jr., Hope Hicks, the whole, all the Trump people. But all of that, there was never anything. Yet, I turned on television that night and CNN, Adam Schiff and uh, Eric Swalwell are on. You wouldn't believe what we heard today. Well, you wouldn't believe because it was never said. Now, this is a disgrace. So, now, now th- this is important. You were there, Congressman Peter King, mm-hmm. the most one of the most honest congressmen I know. You were there and you were down in committee and the committee said X, Y, and Z. Right. We had the witnesses come in. And Adam Schiff came upstairs and did a press conference and lied about everything. Now, there's two things there. One, you're not supposed to disclose anything you hear at the hearing. That's number one. These are three levels below the ground. Everything is top secret. You can't bring phones in. You can't take notes. You can't take them out of the room with you. And yet, so first of all, Adam Schiff shouldn't have even been talking about it. Secondly, when he did talk about it, it was all untrue between him and Swalwell, the two of them. And the media picked it up. They ran with it. There was never anything to that. And that, to me, is a disgrace. This is like this is not ordinary political charges. This is undermining the presidency of the United States. Absolutely, well, Judge Weinberg. And what it did is it divided our country. Mm-hmm. And it went on for years and years and years. And it was a black eye on the Trump administration from the very beginning. So he was always playing defense on this issue. And it kept churning and churning and churning the false narrative. Now, the key thing about the Durham report, it's saying there was no evidence that the Justice Department had or the FBI had that there was any collusion between Trump and Russia. They had no basis for the investigation. They had no basis to go in to the FISA court and get those uh, those warrants. It was absolutely ridiculous. They persecuted individuals to try to right. shake them down. And there was nothing there, Congressman right. King. Right. Let me point wow. the finger, too. This is John Brennan. This is James Comey, and this is General Clapper. The three of them kept this going. 
the, the DNI, the CIA, and the FBI. At the behest of also working with the Clintons, getting some of the information from the Clintons. Well, well it's all based on the Steele report, which is a fabricated report. It was all, it was all nonsense. And they the should key have left is, it they out. knew it. The key, that's what's stunning to me about what I've seen right. in the Durham report. They knew it was false, and they continued the narrative, and that's what he confirms, And that Judge. came from the Clinton campaign and Russian intelligence. The Russian intelligence agent was the source, and we're supposed to believe him. It's okay for the Clinton campaign to work with Russian intelligence and then Donald Trump, though, was the one accused who was supposed to be working with the Russians. There was no contact at all. It was absolute BS. And this is a disgrace. It's a national disgrace. Wow. And how are we going to have faith in FBI and DOJ? Listen, there's so many great folks that work in both Absolutely. of those departments. Well, you know, but I, I, I'd like to get some people to talk about this. Is is Vito on yet? No, we're working on Vito Vito's Facelli. coming on. He's Vito Facelli. And he's yep. an attorney, too. Absolutely. And, and we should have had, uh, uh, but it just happened, we should have had George Venizelos uh, in. Uh, to talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, he was former head of FBI in New York. You're right. This is this is stunning because there are so many good people that we all love in law enforcement, but yet this shows that they were so politicized and that they were so they the, couldn't go the away the from people, their politics. The people should get in trouble is not necessarily the people following orders. Because everybody is following orders. Uh, they don't want to give up their their pension for twenty seven years, twenty four years, twenty two years. And they're going to say yes, sir, and no, sir. But what I said a couple of weeks ago is, is somebody on top, all the way on top, should say, look, this is wrong. Enough is enough. This, yeah, was, the weaponiz- this was the weaponization of the FBI and the Justice Department at the very, very beginning of the Trump administration. That's what it was. Total, total weaponization. And it's, an abs- it's a disgrace. And the American people, all they want is truth, justice in the American way, the way we've been saying it. Absolutely. That's all we want, just the truth. Yeah, and they have to have faith in their justice system. That's what concerns me. There are so many great people. But Absolutely. when they see this, it undercuts the FBI. It undercuts DOJ. It confirms what we talked about all along, the politics of it. And and that saddens me as, as someone well, but, who loves but, law enforcement. But, but Congressman King has also pointed out, just let's be clear, you not only had the DOJ... And now we had the FBI being corrupted by this process. You had the intelligence community, too, because that's where Brennan and Clapper are coming. And, and Brennan was one of the main people pushing this whole uh, phony lie story. Absolutely. And by the way, we have now joining us on Cats and Cosby, Vito Fisella, of course, the current Staten Island Borough president, former congressman. Uh, Vito, what is your reaction first to this bombshell, this coming out from the Durham report, saying basically they knew it was wrong, uh, they knew that it wasn't, uh, you know, ties to Russia with Trump, and yet they continued with the narrative. They even went before the judge, continue vouching with this theory, knowing it wasn't correct. This is really damning, I think, sadly, to so many people at the FBI and DOJ. You know, I've been listening, and I, I really share the the emotion that how outrageous it is and disturbing it is. Um, and for those who sort of doubted it for all those years, are justified in saying, as the old expression is, where do I go to get my reputation back? And I really do believe that it it helped to uh, submerge the 2020 election. And if that was the objective, they achieved it. So it was very it's a very unfair. You know, nobody knows Congress and the inner workings of Congress like uh, Peter King, a good friend. And you hear what happened when people just got up in front of a microphone and lied to undermine a presidency of the United States. Um, where Are there going to be any repercussions? Are there going to be any results? I, I don't think so. 
The only thing that suffered with him was true, you know, true democracy suffered. Well, was even Vito. So it's Richard Weinberg. What's even worse about it? And I tell you, this is a former, as a former judge. They misled the FISA court by fabricated affidavits in support of their warrants. Understand that they fabricated evidence, and a kid was convicted for doing that, and he was one of their employees. What's that all about? And where was the all the other well, the people FISA, who were involved? You know, Judge and Peter knows as well. The FISA court, especially after nine eleven, became very integral in our war against terror, and and how to justify and get the appropriate warrants in the, in the right sort of way. And they saw a process and abused it. So it seems like every point along the spectrum was abused just to bring down the president of the United States. And I can't believe if, if pe- people in the middle of the road or on the on the left, let's say, they should be equally outraged because the end justifies the means here. And it could just uh, very disturbing. We don't want to be a third world country with a justice system like that. Yeah, it's frightening to think you hit a great point, John, because this is America. You know, I mean, you you expect it in a third world country. You don't expect it. And especially when the FBI says we have this, to your point, Judge, when they present it to the court, the, the court obviously says, look, these are credible people. Uh, that is disheartening. What a what a and how do you make up for that? I mean, how do you get your reputation or the damage back? Uh, Peter King, once this has been done. No, it's almost impossible. And, you know, usually Vito and I fool around a bit on the show. This is really too serious a topic. That's why we're taking it so seriously. But listen, the FISA court, well, I was in fairness to them, after 9-11, they had to rely on the FBI, and they assumed that they were getting the truth. They also found out about it later on and took action. They were, they were lied to by the FBI. It was an absolute disgrace. And there has to be, listen, when you give that much power to a court and to the FBI, you have to assume there's going to be some level of trust. The FBI violated that trust, and they knew what they were doing. And I listen, I, I wouldn't let John Brennan off the hook on this at all. I was in meetings with Brennan where he would lose his temper and blow his top and all that, swearing that this was all true and how terrible Russia and Trump were. The fact is they had no contact at all between Russia and Trump. I think they found one meeting between a guy who was trying to promote a show with Don Jr. which had nothing to do. These are the same people, Congressman King and Congressman Fisella, that— Gave you this 51 signatory letter. Well, the intelligence community. They continue the same kind of nonsense. That's the talk. intel letter. The right. intel letter that so, was presented. So it wasn't a one-off that just happened one time. This was a continuing saga of creating a false narrative to undermine well, the presidency. Isn't that, didn't that come out? Didn't, didn't, what's his name, didn't he make a yeah, comment Mike, Michael, Michael Morell came out, remember, and said that Blinken basically orchestrated the whole thing, and Brennan also testified. That right was political. Today. Yes, that's exactly. Brennan testified he also. Political. Yes, he admitted it. It's political. So let me ask you the $64 million question, guys. How do you recompense? How do you make up for the damage that was done? Can you imagine if the name was Clinton, if it was a different name? I think it's up to intelligent Republicans to get the argument out. And for the media, for good people in the media, keep hitting this over and over and over again, like we should keep hitting on the story with the subway attack. I think it's time for common sense Democrats. I I call on Senator Schumer. I call, you know, enough is enough. Let, let, let's get the truth out. Absolutely. By the way, you talked about the uh, subway attack. I want to get to that, too, guys. Of course, Jordan Neely, uh, this is the agitated, very aggressive homeless man. And remember, uh, his funeral, by the way, is going to be on Friday. The Marine who was defending and, and people I, I on the subway. Al, Al Sharpton is going to give the eulogy, of right? Of course he is. You knew that, Congressman King. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, you're right. He's going to be doing that. So um, now the Marine, by the way, in his Give, Send, Go uh, defense fund 
has raised over two million bucks. Your reaction, Congressman? And, and says King. coming from forty-five thousand people. This is a real grassroots movement, and it's important for us to stay on this. That Marine deserves all the support. I mean, this is absolutely disgraceful. Here's a guy who puts his life on the line, jumps in there, does what he has to do, no intention to kill anyone at all, and somehow they're glossing over the fact this guy had over forty arrests, including some violent assault, recently punching a sixty-seven-year-old woman in the face. I mean, this guy was not some just some eccentric guy. He was a vicious guy. Well, they're trying to portray him as a, a Michael Jackson performer. The fact of the matter is, at this point in time, he was dangerous. He was out, Peter, on a warrant yeah. for this physical assault where he broke the face of the 67-year-old woman. And he had a, a whole history of violence. So it's a tragedy that he lost his life. But you don't take a good Samaritan and you don't send a message that people shouldn't intercede. That's what I'm concerned about. You're chilling the ability of people to step up. Everybody's going to avert their eyes, and the next attack is going to go where it's going to kill somebody or maim somebody because people are afraid to involve themselves. And so often we say, with all this going on, why doesn't somebody speak up? Why doesn't somebody take action? This courageous guy took action, and now he's, yeah, people like Sharpton and these others yelling and dying for murder. He should get a medal. Yeah, let me bring in Vito. You know, Vito, what astounded me, too, was this attorney, uh, one of the attorneys for Jordan Neely. I couldn't believe it the other day at the press conference, and he's repeated this basically in the last 24 hours, too, saying... It was the responsibility of everybody on the train to go over to the guy as he's screaming, I want to die. I want to spend the rest of my life behind bars and, as and he's throwing people, things. Not just saying he wanted that. Yes. He was threatening people. He says, he says, I can kill anybody on this train. Do what I, I want. I don't care if I take a bullet. And as he's doing all that, the, the attorney for Jordan Neely said... The people on the train should have come over and said, how are you doing, sir? Can I right. help you? Right. I mean, we're all Can laughing. That? Yeah. There, you know, what do you think? You know, I, I, uh, the larger, larger issue, right, is all those people who said people like this should have been allowed to roam freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, when everybody knows that people like this should have been an institution and getting treatment, they should step forward and admit how mistaken they are and were in allowing individuals, unfortunately, like him to roam free. And by the way, there are probably hundreds, if not thousands, roaming the streets currently in the same situation. And to everybody's point, if you're on a train, and this is happening in real time, and you're concerned or worried, and I'm sure more evidence will come, perhaps more videos, perhaps individual testimony, and you're, you're there to sort of say in a split second, it's either me or him or it's me and it's him or an older woman sitting next to me, whatever the case may be. What are you going to do? You're going to roll the dice and let this guy. You know, no, you can't roll the dice. You got to keep the people safe. Vito, we got to take a break. Who, stay on. Stay on, Vito. All right. Let's take a break. And uh, Vito Fasella is going to be staying on and we'll continue after the break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. Lots of stories about what's going on in the border area and also about migrants coming to New York and displacing other people. There's a story, by the way, coming up uh, in Orange County. We've got New York Assemblyman Brian Maher, who's going to be joining us to talk about in Orange County. They've kicked out veterans to make room for migrants, and everybody is livid about that. And then Staten Island. And then Staten Island, where uh, they have opened up, uh, it's a vacant school 
to house a whole bunch of migrants there. And let's bring in back Vito Fisella, uh, Staten Island Borough President. Your reaction of what's going on in your place? Well, I, I think it's it's not too different from what we were just chatting about. And that is a policy that you know has failed and is going to end badly. And the people who are innocent and hardworking taxpayers are going to have to pick up the tab. So you tell mentally ill people that they can roam the streets freely. And we say it's going to end up badly. And look what happened. And we have a border in the southern tier of the United States that's wide open. Millions are coming in, hundreds of thousands are coming in, and we say it's going to end up badly. And now we, the people of Staten Island, are going to have to absorb the pain and the, the financial burden and begin to house asylum seekers across Staten Island. And it's just not right. The money is fungible. You can put this through other parks or schools or hospitals. Uh, I got guys today, for example, came up to me and they say they're commercial tax bills are going through the roof. So taxpayers are paying for this, and there is no end in sight. It's like drinking through a fire hose is what's happening. Judge Weinberg? Well, Vito, it's all over the city and the the state of New York, all across the country. Just a few blocks from the studio here at the Roosevelt Hotel, they want to put in 800 of these migrants. We don't know who they are. 850 Uh, rooms. That could be families. Is that next to the $3.5 billion J.P. Morgan building? That's exactly what it is. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you think that's a little bit crazy? Can that be good for midtown Manhattan when we're trying to recover from COVID, John? I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing. Well, they put them up in the Watson Hotel, which is a few blocks away from Carnegie Hall. It's like they're like putting them everywhere. And just just like you said, how about in the Watson Hotel? Remember, they were not happy with the food. So they were throwing the food out. You know, like it wasn't good enough for them. I mean, it's uh, Vito. My goodness. Yeah, it's got to be culturally appropriated or whatever words they want to use. And I just get back to a fundamental thing. It's just not right. It's just not fair. Everybody predicted this would happen. And now the innocent taxpayers of Staten Island and New York City are picking up the tab. And it's just not right. I mean, I don't know. The judge knows better than anybody. You need to revisit the right to shelter consent decree. This was never meant to be an invitation to thousands of people from around the world to come to the United States. This was meant 40 years ago, a little more, to take care of a handful of homeless individuals who would, you know, in the middle of winter didn't have a place to stay, and they were New York residents. And it's more from a little snowball 40 years ago to an avalanche that we're absorbing right now. And, and again, there's no help in sight from the federal government that, that actually caused this problem. You also, Vito, there's no indication it's going to stop. Every day there's people from the Adams right. administration. How many hotels greeting, are we going to have? You know, greeting people at the Port Authority. Bus loans coming right. in. It's, it's terrible for everyone. It's terrible for the immigrants. It's terrible for people living in the neighborhood. It's terrible. There and, is no light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And then, and then they say... Well, it's a question about giving us more money. No, it's not a question about giving more money by administration. It's about keeping the border closed to illegal migration. That's what it's about. And by the way, this weekend, Mayorkas repeated again, Judge. It's secure. The borders. I'm thinking. I'm like, is he? Uh, we used the term last week. It is so fitting. Baghdad Bob. I mean, it, it is. It's like are, the, the guy from Iraq. They are trying to <laughs> gaslight the American people. They're lying to you constantly. The border is not secure. It's always been open. And those 1,500 military people they've sent there, guess what that's done? 
All that does is they're paper pushers. They're not there for security. They're there to facilitate their entry illegally into our country. Yeah, Vito, go ahead. There is no end in sight with these people. What a valuable platform your show is, John, Rita, Judge, Peter. Many, many months ago, when the first asylum seekers came into New York City, in Manhattan, they were welcomed with champagne glasses and said, welcome to your new home and all that. And, and we said on your show for the first time that this was going to be an economic disaster. And we had asked the independent budget office to do an independent analysis. And at that time, it was over $600 million. At this rate, it's going to be 2 to $3 billion a year to accommodate all these folks. And we're, who's going to pay for that? Everybody on Staten Island and everybody wow. across New York City. By the way, New York City, they're estimating it's like $5 billion. I mean, that, that is an unbelievable number because they're saying it's about $5 million a day. And that's when they had 50000 Now they have 65000 And it's like no end in sight. So what are people doing in Staten Island, Vito Fasella? I mean, I mean I, they got to go, why, why am I paying for this? Who voted for this? Yeah, I think they are just on one fundamental level, they're just in disbelief that it's happening. It's like they can't believe it's happening. And What, what and about legal recourse? Nothing, could, Is there anything? Yeah, there, no, there really isn't. That's the part of the problem. You know, the folks in other counties took a stand that they don't believe their right to shelter so they can push back. But unfortunately, you know, and, and I say this, Staten Island being part of New York City, there's very little, if any, recourse we have other than to jump up and down and say we don't we don't want this. I mean, just not fair to them. Wow. Unbelievable. Peter King. I tell you, the whole country is coming apart between the attack on the subway, what's happening, uh, uh, the city being inundated by people. I don't blame the people for coming in. I'd want to come here, too. We I don't either. Open it's the greatest everywhere. country. And, and they're not ready for this here. This is going to be a, a disaster. It's happening right in front of us. And uh, somehow, somehow we got to wake the country up. We got to stand up. That's why I think the media can be the last vestige here to really fight this, fight it hard, and fight back. Hey, hey, did Vito tell us what's going on in Staten Island? I understand they t- they took over one of the uh, one of the schools. Tell us about this specific yeah, school so there was too. An old school. So the city is scouring for sites across the city and Staten Island in particular. There was an old school for spe- kids with special needs. Those students went to a brand new school. Actually, I was in that new school last week. It's beautiful what they do there. But they had a vacant building, and it, the city controls it. So what they did is they put 70 cots in the gymnasium. They sent about 130 or 140, I believe, yesterday. They feel they can accommodate up to 300. It's right across from a school, another down the block from mm-hmm. another school. I don't know what these individuals you can't make are going to do you know, you know what I said to somebody in the administration, in the, the mayor's administration yesterday? Why don't you take all the, the Rikers Island, why don't you take the, the doors off the, off the cells so there's no cells? You could put 30,000 of them for free. We own Rikers Island. Will somebody tell the mayor's office we own Rikers Island, put 30,000 of them in Rikers Island, if you want to put them anyplace, not in luxury hotels, not in our kids' schools. Yeah, and what about Central Park, John, too? That's the other idea and they're no throwing out. In Central Park. I mean, that's well, wild. Well, and, and when enough is enough, guys. And when you run out of space in Central Park, so, so you'll put it in the Staten Island parks and the Queens parks and the Brooklyn parks. And there's no end to it. There's no end. And, and the open, the problem is, as long as you have an open border, 
as Congressman King and Congressman Vassell have been pointing out, there is no end to this. It will be endless. It will be in the tens and tens and tens of millions of people. And it's totally unacceptable. This is, in the word of John Kasmatidis, this is an invasion of our country, and it has to stop. And also, all of us are children and grandchildren of immigrants. Nobody here is against immigration, but you have to keep it legal and orderly. Otherwise, you have chaos. And uh, whether it's terrorists coming in or people who have social issues, whatever it is, you, we can't be putting ourselves in this when, position. When you put these 850-odd people at the Roosevelt Hotel, a few blocks from here, and they start wandering the streets all day, you know who they are. Are they, are they rapists? They have criminal records? Are they murderers? Are they drug addicts? Are they drug, are they drug pushers? By the way, there was over, they said just recently, uh, in the last week or so, 10,000 gotaways. Last week, these are the people who get away. This, to me, was amazing. I just saw on the way in, too. Afghanistan, of course, which is certainly a hotbed of terrorists, if you will, with the Taliban. They arrested one of the most wanted guys in America just recently who crossed last weekend from San Diego. Thank God they got him. How many didn't they get? Yes, exactly. And nobody knows more about the crisis of 9-11 than Congressman King. Do you feel comfortable that we're not going to be suffering another terrorist attack? No, we have to keep in mind that the terrorists, whether it's Al-Qaeda, Taliban, whatever— ISIS, they spent every moment trying to find weaknesses to attack us. This didn't end in 9-11. It didn't end 10 years ago, five years ago. This is an ongoing struggle. They are waiting. If they can get people in here, you're going to see an attack, and it'd be terrible. I hope it doesn't happen. I'm not trying to predict anything other than to say we let our guard down. We did it once before. We saw what happened. And when it does happen, we say, how do we allow this to happen? Do you know what's sad, Congressman King? Um, the head of Middle East operations for the U.S. military testified not too long ago, it was about two weeks right. ago, said that he is predicting, and, and again, just like you, God forbid, I don't want it to happen, Mm -hmm. saying that within the next six months, he believes there will be something planned because there are so many people coming into our country and he's seeing the activity that's happening in Afghanistan and elsewhere. And that is a huge concern. And then we have an open border. I mean, this is a this is a a formula for disaster. It's out of control. They're trying to, you know, we are in World War Three. First of all, it's an economic war between the Russian, Chinese, it's an economic war. I'm glad we're not shooting at each other, but this is World War III. And it's also a cultural war. They're trying to change our way of life. And and the problems going on in our, our country, my God, will the American people wake up? I hope that I call upon the common sense Democrats. Stand up. Stand up and say enough is enough. Absolutely. How many more fentanyl deaths do we have to have from Chinese fentanyl being trafficked by the cartels? And how many more people, more kids, have to be trafficked in sexual abuse matters as, as sexual objects by these cartels? It's heartbreaking. There are 85,000 kids that are missing. Vito Fisella, you get the last word. Give us your thoughts on all this. Uh, you know, it's almost like the world is upside down, right? Uh And ordinary people who just love this country, hardworking, raise their kids, you know, pay whatever they have to pay. They're told that they're the the xenophobes, that they're anti-immigration, when in fact we're not saying that. They're told that we oppose innocent people on the subway. No, it's not the case. We just want mentally ill people to get the treatment they need. And if there's an altercation or a threat to bodily harm, somebody should step in like a good Samaritan and try to save his life or those lives around him. And what you what you get here, and what we talked about 9-11, just think about how many of those potential attacks were thwarted before they occurred. And 
Although we live in the greatest country in the world, we always have to prepare for the worst because when we let our guard down and we get hit, yep. we take it. And it's just not right. Great job, not- Vito. Great job, Vito. Thank you for your t- uh, time in Congress, and thank you for doing a great job in Staten Island. Go Ferry Hawks. We won two in a row. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. And Vito, buy me a pizza the next time I'm in Staten Island. Okay. Anytime, Peter. Let's take a let's take a break. And when we come back, uh after the break, who do we have? Uh, we Vito? have a New York State Assemblyman, Brian Moore. Great and, guy, great oh, guy. Wait till you hear this one. They have kicked out veterans for migrants at hotels there, and he is furious. You they don't want to miss out this. Veterans? Veterans. Let's take that break and we'll be right back. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. We've been talking about the migrant crisis, and boy, this is stunning. Homeless veterans were booted from a New York hotel in the place of illegal immigrants coming in. And uh, joining us now here on the show is a New York State Assemblyman, Brian Marr. Brian, are you with us here? I mean, can I just say, Brian Marr is doing a phenomenal job in Albany. Thank God for the fight that he's leading. Thanks, Brian. Uh, thank you, sir. It's good to talk with you again. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Everything's fine. I ducked the bullet. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, this is an absolutely disgusting situation. Uh, we have here the YIT Foundation. It's founded by... Sharon Tony Finch. She is a combat veteran, Purple Heart recipient. Uh, she is somebody who is an American hero. Uh, she spends her time herself as a disabled combat veteran, helping other combat veterans reintegrate back into society. And part of that is convincing them and building a trust to get them to ask for and receive help. After she does that, the first step for a lot of these folks is putting them into temporary housing, which usually is a hotel for a few weeks before they go into a more permanent housing, get workforce development training, uh, financial literacy training, and other services they might need. So in the first few weeks of that stay in that first hotel, after she began building that trust, these folks were told by this hotel in Orange County that they had one day to leave. And it was about money, and it was about being paid more for the migrants from New York City, and it was absolutely devastating. Not just for the veterans and for the staff, but just for that relationship. Um, the, the community here is up in arms. And the good thing that has come from it is that the veterans have been placed. They haven't given up on the resources that are available to them. And we've seen this community come forward and let those veterans know we appreciate them for their service. We have their back. And we will make sure by shedding light on this that it never happens again. Or if a hotel is thinking about doing this after they see all this media attention, they will not. And by the way, I saw uh, Assemblyman that they get, what is it, the charity was paying like $88 a day and they were getting 190 for the migrants. So it was all about the money as opposed to doing yeah. what's right by our Americans, correct? Right. But if this happens again, what can be done though? I mean, you can't just be moving veterans from hotel to hotel. I mean, do we have any recourse here? I think this is horrible. I think it's disgusting. So I think we all know it's going to get worse before it gets better. So Sharon and her team, with uh, the help of myself and some other colleagues, we are finding hotels that we can make sure we have some vacancy with. We've had luck doing that, which is good. And then on the legislative side, we are putting in legislation to specifically go after uh, the ability for a hotel to kick out a homeless veteran. And look, it's not just veterans. We're seeing 
people that have business trips getting canceled. We had two weddings where this special day these two have been planning for, um, you know, waiting for their whole life. Uh, they had to have their block removed. Uh, this is something that's really happening in upstate New York. And let's also add this to it. Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse, he put an executive order in and the, the mayor of the city of New York said, don't worry, we're not going to bring them up. And then before there was any more communication, they arrived in buses. And that type of behavior is what we're dealing with right now. Well, Judge Weinberg, go ahead. Assemblyman, my, my problem is the f- fundamental question. Does Orange County have the resources to get this influx on a constant basis? Because why does anyone believe that this is going to stop now with this first group? I'll tell you what. I don't think it's as much a resources and availability question as it is. We have enemies in this world. The United States of America has countries that have intelligence apparatus that are looking at this equation. Okay. That is our biggest concern. That's residents' biggest concern. My daughter goes to school three miles down from this hotel. And I would love to believe that all of these uh, asylum seekers are very much looking for a better life. And maybe they are, but there is a lot of them. The numbers are staggering and we don't know anything about these folks. So for me, is there, are there resources? Is there an ability for them to come here? I think so. But if you don't give the counties information, the county executives say, hey, you haven't given us enough information. We don't have plan for this. We don't think this is a good idea. And you send them anyway. All you're doing is stoking a political fire that's further dividing the community against these migrants. Yeah. And by the way, I want to ask you, Assemblyman, too, about the veterans, too, uh, getting back to that. What's the community saying? Because uh, I hate to say it. I I would say uh, shame on you to the hotel. I mean, how dare you kick out American veterans and say just because of profit, we're going to put in illegal migrants? The hotel is claiming at this point with all the media attention that they did not know they were veterans when they first uh, registered, which is an absolute lie because the YIT Foundation has housing homeless veterans there for years. This has never happened until right now. We know why it happened. We know how it happened. People can backtrack all they want. But with the, the city of New York putting out that comment, which I just received in an email, I don't trust the word they say. They lied to the county executive of Orange County. Uh, They brought those migrants here anyway. And there are other counties with Democrat county executives that were welcoming these folks that have the ability to take them in. And they purposefully chose to have a fight in Orange County. Brian, if I could just uh, 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 before time runs out, let me just say you are definitely following in the tradition of Bill Larkin. I know you work for him. He was a fighter for the military. He was a military man himself. You're in the reserves now. But you are definitely, I tell you, Bill Larkin must be so proud of you. And again, you're really just doing a great job. Oh, thank you, Congressman. That means a lot. Thank you. Well, and let me ask you, you, I didn't realize you were in the reserves until Congressman King just brought that up. And his As former a mil- boss was a real tough soldier and a fighter a for t- veterans. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. Real quick, your final thoughts here, uh, Mr. Assemblyman, because it's outrageous. Uh, where it, it sort of epitomizes, sadly, the way I think a number of Democratic leaders and others have been handling American citizens. I mean, it should be. What about America taking care of Americans first? America first, always. Our veterans first, always. And one thing I will end with is a lot of folks don't know the New York state budget at two hundred and twenty nine billion funded with a billion dollars straight to New York City to help fund resources just for the migrant crisis. So I know there were comments about New York City paying this bill. 
every single New York State taxpayer through the recently adopted budget is paying for this migrant crisis directly to New York City with no accountability. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Assemblyman Brian Marr, please keep us posted on what's going on there. You're welcome back anytime. This is outrageous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. And, and uh, now we have Dr. Peter Mihalos, our in-house genius in in history, in medicine, and and, and, and so many things. Uh, today, there was a big story on this medicine that's on the market that is killing your liver. I sent it to a few friends of mine, and one friend, she emails me back, says her husband is on it, and she's worried. Dr. Peter Mihalos, tell us what the heck is going on. Well, the commonly used pain uh, killer, acetaminophen, is used, and it's used in a lot of hospitals. When taken in the appropriate prescribed doses, it's fine, but some people tend to abuse it, and we have about 1,600 cases in the United States of liver failure where it basically shuts down your liver, and 500 people a year die from acetaminophen overdoses. I don't want to mention any brand names. But the reason they use it in hospitals is because it doesn't affect the platelets or bleeding. That's why they don't want you to take aspirin before you have a surgery or, or uh, other uh, things like uh, containing ibuprofen. But we have to be very careful in high doses because the liver failure can result in fatigue, loss of appetite. You get right-sided pain and you can go into a coma. And sadly, in some countries in the United Kingdom, they actually started regulating it quite a bit, the over-the-counter Tylenol, because people were using it as a method of suicide. So it is something that you just have to follow the instructions. And also, if you're a a 100-pound woman versus a 250-pound man, you also have to look at the doses. You know, it says adult doses. You don't want to overdose. You want to stay on the lower end of what is recommended. But one of the even larger issues, since you guys were talking about the border, is this zombie drug called Trank that is actually an animal tranquilizer that's extremely cheap. So they're cutting it with fentanyl and uh, it's coming in through the border. And that's a big problem because it's actually flesh eating. It actually eats away at flesh and muscle and it causes it to rot. And that's why they refer to it as the zombie drug because these people look like one of those zombie apocalypse uh, movies. And this uh, drug now is very interesting because Narcan, the reversing agent for fentanyl, doesn't work against this xylazine or common street name Trank. So that's another big problem. And I think it's a national security issue because it's an attack on our youth. It's affecting our ability to have a a recruit a a volunteer army. And uh, it's a big problem between the fentanyl attack and between the social media attack, what I call electronic heroin. The CDC just put out a big alert that they're having record number of teenage girls who are having suicidal ideations and are addicted to social media and electronic heroin. We recently saw that video where they take away a young woman's phone in the school and she started beating up a teacher. And in uh, China, some uh, young boy, the father took away the phone. He tried to stab his father. So we have to get this electronic heroin situation under control. We need to get the border tightened up really fast, build that wall quick so we can stop the drugs and save uh, many, many lives. Peter, the one thing we have to tell our audience are my personal feelings and my personal opinion. And usually we tell our audience first, me and you and you especially, you know, we're six months a year ahead of what the heck is going on. And uh, uh, there's so many side effects. There's so many from all these uh, uh, medicines, uh, from the all these uh, 
COVID situation that, you know, a friend of mine told uh, uh, that owns a funeral home. Rita, listen to that. A friend of mine owns a funeral home told me on Saturday morning that they are working overtime and overtime because the deaths, all young people. And so something, something is, up. what do you say? Something's, something's rotten up. in Denmark? Yeah. Well, something's rotten. Well, and I'm, I'm Danish, but I'll even agree to that. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Okay. What do you think, Peter? Is there, well, is there the, problems out there? There was a study at the Royal, the Royal College of Surgeons that said that the, uh, the disease COVID itself, that spike protein, is initiating something called the von Willebrand clotting factor. And they think that that's why a lot of the people who had COVID and why 16 million people in the United States have long-haul COVID, it seems they're getting more clots. So there is a problem with clotting associated with the spike protein. I had two friends, a 63-year-old and a 61-year-old, both died in their sleep last week. And healthy, healthy guys. Healthy guys. guys. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of research being done, and hopefully we get a lot of answers in the next year. And if I was in charge, I'd turn that Roosevelt Hotel into a drug center and an inpatient psychiatric facility because that's what we really need in New York quickly. And each borough should have a mental health center because there's you. a mental health crisis. Yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. Uh, Dr. Peter, thank you so much. Let's take a break right now. And we got the, the Bill O'Reilly coming up right after the break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And quick news here on Cats and Cosby. Word that 75 migrants will temporarily stay inside a gym in Brooklyn. PS 188 Coney Island. It's an elementary school gym. Just showing that they are being placed all over the city. Wow, Send John. them to Rikers Island. I know that's what you suggested, John. Jail, wow. Take the jail doors off. And then put, give them nice, you know, nice accommodations. A migrant elementary school gym now. I mean, this is crazy all right, let's of all go places. Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, he's mad as hell and can't take it anymore. Bill, what the heck is going on? I think your idea of uh, Rikers is good. They've depopulated that area down there. Easily um, change it into a civilian facility. Uh, then they would have better control over, you know, Whatever New York State decides to do with these migrants, I don't think it'll be much. Um, and, you know, that would save the state and the city of New York literally tens of billions of dollars if they would use the existing facilities. You had the facility out in Brooklyn, the uh, Floyd uh, Bennett Field. You yes, have that. yes. Um, well, well, how did this song go? We never promised them a rose garden. Yeah, but John, you're living in an, in a world that ceased to exist uh, 27 months ago. Yes. Um, Joe Biden is not enforcing the law. And once you have a country that doesn't enforce the law, you have anarchy. That That's the only thing that can happen. So I don't know why people are now, 27 months later, going, well... Uh, I knew it on day one when he threw out Trump's remain in Mexico policy, which did suppress the number of people coming here illegally. Um, and Biden doesn't believe he's going to pay any price at all. And neither does Hochul and neither does uh, Mayor Adams. They don't think they're going to pay any price at all. 
and they might not. I mean, people seem to be so disengaged from reality these days um, that they go to the polls and they continue to vote for people who are literally destroying the country. Yeah, let's vote for them. We want we want more destruction. It's staggering. You know, uh, Bill, speaking of staggering, I know you want to talk about, um, of course, uh, the Marine on the subway and also Alvin Bragg. Yeah, look, I, I everywhere I went this weekend, Mother's Day weekend, and I was in Manhattan on Thursday night, um, people want, came up and they wanted to talk about this story. It's uh, what they call a populist story. And most of the people are, you know, indignant that the Marine is facing any charges at all. However, I had a young woman come up to me and said, you know, uh, I think he should have been charged with first-degree murder. And I stepped back and I looked at her and I said, well, did it not occur to you that the police interviewed him, the Marine, and people on the subway car, and then they let the man go? They let the Marine go. They didn't charge him. What does that tell you? Now I'm getting in way too deep for the young woman who can't really process that question. It tells you that the police on the scene investigated people inside the subway uh, subway car, and they said, we felt at risk. We felt in danger. Okay, because if they people said, no, this Marine jumped the guy and hurt him for no reason, they would have damn well arrested him. Hey, hey, Bill, Bill, this is Pete King, but to show you how crazy the world has gotten, now the police are being investigated by the Civilian Complaint right, Review Board for not locking them out. Right. It's crazy. Insane. Well, that's an easy, that's an easy beef to beat. Yeah, yeah, but it shows where society then, is. That's I the point I'm making, Bill. I know how crazy Alvin Bragg is, and anybody living in this city should understand. And if they don't, it's your fault. But I extended it to this young woman, and I said, First-degree murder is intent to kill, and that's not even in, in play here. And if it were, Alvin Bragg would have brought it to a grand jury, which is the way this usually happens. Don't you watch law and order? You have a violent crime. The police arrest the perpetrator. Then the evidence is submitted to the grand jury for indictment. Here, the police did not in, uh, arrest the perpetrator. And Bragg didn't submit anything to the grand jury. Why? And uh, now by this time, the woman is like, I got to get out of here. No answers at all. And And by the way, uh, Bill O'Reilly, they just just went after, uh, similar to Donald Trump, with with, uh, a rape from 25, 30 years ago that never really happened. Uh, They're going. Well, it's even worse than that. But but let me just. They're going after Rudy. As the as the woman was fleeing, I said the reason Bragg didn't bring it to the grand jury is the grand jury never would have indicted. Yes, because it's a jury That's of his peers. What's going to Bill? It's Richard Weinberg. So what's going to happen is they will present it to a grand jury. They have to, right? Because they have to. Because it's a felony complaint. They, they're going to present it to the grand jury. What Bragg gets out of doing this as a criminal complaint bill, he gets the political cover and the public relations for his 15% of the people, the progressives who voted in the primary to say, amen, Bragg, you're doing the right thing. That's why right. he did that. But I don't think he's going to get an indictment from the grand jury. They say they can indict a ham sandwich. You can't indict a ham sandwich, okay, unless you get somebody on that subway car going, he did it and he shouldn't have done it. 
And I'm not sure you're going to find that person. Yeah. Abs- and by the and way, the jury is going to be people who are from New York who've been on a subway train. They all know how scary it is. Bill. Listen, Rita, they have to listen to what's presented and you're not going to have a defense attorney in there, which is unfair. But that's our system. But anyway, to, to extend it to Trump, I mean, the story I broke last week on Common Sense at nine o'clock on WABC was that the guy who financed E. Jean Carroll, Reed Hastings, is a buddy of George Soros and spent time on Epstein's pedophilia island. Did anybody know that? Wow. Yeah, right. There's a lot of, uh, wow. It's on on page 49 someplace. This guy picked up the entire tab for E. Jean Carroll. And first, by the way. That's not political. Yeah, first she said that... uh, she was she was self funding it, and then later she had to correct her uh, so she statements. And he's a mega donor, yeah. mega she donor for the, the Democrats. She's so self funding it. She lied to the court. WABC listeners need to know how this works. You target an individual: Trump, Rudy Giuliani, O'Reilly, Casamitidis, anybody you want. You target them. Elon Musk. You get but, but he asked for uh, he asked the girl for a description of what his uh, thing looked like, and she was she couldn't do suit. it. She couldn't do it. But listen to me. This is important. You target somebody, and then you find somebody to pick up all legal expenses, and including. And I'm not accusing here, but I'm asking a question: Did E. Jean Carroll get paid? Did yep. she get paid? No, you're right. And by the way, Bill, we're going to be tuning in tonight. You always have an awesome show. Common Sense, 9 to 10 p.m. on WABC. WABCradio.com and BillOReilly.com. Absolutely. The best. Bill, we can't wait. We'll be tuning in tonight. We love you, Bill. 9 o'clock. And Bye, guys. Thank you. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America. And Peter King, I'm sh- I'm glad God made you well and you're back in the studio Great to be again. back, John. Thank you for all your help. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.